Welcome everybody to Suss It Out. My name is Rudhi Datta and this is my podcast Sussing Out Sustainability Stories, Ideas, Trends, Advocacy and a whole lot more. everyone listening i am so excited to share this podcast with you and first of all a big thank you via virtual hug for tuning in is there a perfect recipe or a formula for your first episode the ideal length subtopic guest frequency of non lexical vocables hmm i don't know but i guess we'll find out So I'm recording this intro from the privilege of my work from home situation during the COVID-19 pandemic. The Tokyo Olympics have been postponed by a year. It's that serious. Speaking of Olympics, it is estimated that about 3.6 billion people watched the 2016 Rio Summer Olympics. This amazing figure is one of the many statistics that demonstrate how sports captivate our lives. Cricket in India isn't just a sport, you know. It's a religion, one that reunites us as a country. Cricket allowed India to experience the taste of freedom before its independence. To beat the colonizers at their own game gave success a different flavor. No, it's not curry flavored or turmeric chai tea latte. It's just good old spicy masala, you know. Gully cricket in the streets of India might be an endearing sight for many but so is gully football and any other gully sports that adds to the diversity of India. So this first episode is a very very special one for many reasons. I had a chat with a media officer of my home club Bengaluru Football Club and my dear friend Kunal Majgaonkar. We talk about the role of sports in sustainability and social change. So without any further ado here is Kunal Majgaonkar on Sasit Out. Hi Kunal, thank you so much for joining me on Sasit Out today. Hey, thank you for having me over. All right, so before we begin, let's uh, do this quick little exercise. So on our Instagram I started the series uh, Think Green is Friday. Uh finally it's Friday today as well and what we're going to do is that imagine that you're in a climate strike at the moment what's your go to slogan i don't think i'll be sloganeering i'll be following somebody but uh i'm going to run to this song by this band called goldspot i don't know if you've heard it and they've uh, got a song called friday mm-hmm. uh, it just says uh, today's friday it is my day to live a simple life so i think some shit that that song is what I'm going to steal and I'm going to come up with something I can't come up with something right now but uh gold spots friday is a song to listen to on friday and every other day all right i really like that at least you didn't say the back up black friday because i would have been very disappointed no but then spot. again i know you on a personal level and i know you have great sense of music so it works out anyway so i have known kunal for a little over 5 years now and he is actually he was actually the one that gave me my first hosting stint through bsc tv on youtube uh through the years and 6847 bloopers later i've gotten to somewhat know him 
I would love it if you could share your story with all the listeners as well. So tell us a little bit about yourself and your journey. Uh, long story short, I always wanted to be a journalist. I got my dream gig with the biggest newspaper, if not the best. Worked. I did the whole. I did the whole journalism gig for for eight years. Uh, living the dream. Uh, as a sports correspondent, one fine day someone just tells me there's a football club that's coming up and has no name in Bangalore. And they want someone to live with and travel with the team and document everything the team does. So I packed my bags and moved to Bangalore for the first time ever, not knowing the club I'm joining also because, like I said, they have a name. Uh, six years and seven months later, best decision ever, never going back. Uh, yep. So here I am. I, I I'm the media manager at the club, but uh, that's just a title and tag. Uh, job extends to so much more beyond that. Just churning out content for the football club on an everyday basis, uh, making sure we get more fans to the stadium, making sure the club's known for all the right reasons in the papers and outside of it. Uh, yes, uh, uh, long story short, again, I get paid to watch football. That's the line I was waiting for. <laughs> but yeah, that aside, um, at Bengaluru FC, we have this chant where we're very proud of like winning the league in our first season. Right? Technically, both the leagues, you know. I mean, people will say otherwise, but we're just going to say that we won both leagues. Um, and for a young club, the loyalty built around it is both strong and inclusive. The strength lies in the diversity of things and the club has gotten this entire multicultural city to travel a minimum of one hour on match days in heavy Bangalore traffic just to, so that they can get to Kandira and support their club. A huge part of that cohesive messaging is the media team that truly acts like the glue basically. As a person who's been there right from the beginning, what was the vision that we started with at Bengaluru SC and how has that changed over the, over the years? Oh, when we came, or rather when I came to Bangalore, I said I, I came here to the city for the first time on what was my first day of the job. Uh, we came with an absolutely blank slate, no history. Uh, like I said, the club didn't even have a name, so there was no identity. We were still figuring what the colors of the jersey would be, what the crest would look like, back and forth with the digital agency and uh, yeah so there was no history whatsoever nothing to fall back upon uh, just Sunil Chetri's signature on our roster and we decided that listen we've got to write this from 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 Zilch from scratch so uh, the idea was to make every one of our boys rockstar of sorts uh, off the pitch obviously we need to do things on the pitch correctly too but Again, we need to let people know in 2013 that we are a club that's come back here to revive football in a city that had its glory days, but is now down in the dumps. So it was quite the task because, like I said, nothing to fall back upon, absolutely nothing. Uh, Sunil embarrassingly now says that he didn't even know of half of the teammates he had in 2013 back then. So he's sorry about that now. But 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 that was literally it. Yeah, we were a team of rejects completely on the pitch, off the pitch, no history. So we we had to go from door to door, shop to shop, orders, uh, the language barrier, everything, just to let people know that listen, you've got to come to watch us and support us just once, and we'll play the kind of football that will make you want to come again. So 
the message hasn't changed over seven years. Uh, it's just the numbers that have grown. I love that. I mean, I've technically been watching the games and you know being a part of this for oh, like let's say what five years, four years, mm-hmm. yeah, five four years. The amount of time I've known you basically, and I've seen it grow as well. Like as an audience member as well, I've seen it grow immensely. From you know pre when we used to play at DFS to like I lead to ISL, there's something to, very special about this club. It is. Yeah, but like let's move on to a different sport now. Um, in a country where cricket is considered as a religion, how does football make its space? What I want to delve into right now is making space is not a mutually exclusive thing when it comes to sports, and a lot of people do think that it is mutually ex- exclusive. Keeping that in mind, what was the media strategy? Uh, the first thing we were we were sane enough to understand that we're not competing against cricket. It's 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 not a competition. It's a no-brainer that cricket will always win in terms of top. So the the first mistake people make is again you know oh, cricket and uh, where football. It's not even a comparison. Okay, it's it's David and Goliath, and it will always be like that. Uh, of course, David won in the end, but. Uh, just from a sheer size point of view and, a, and an enormity point of view. So, the idea is to not not bring cricket on the table, rather work hard and cover a little niche of football. Uh, it, is, it is difficult, it is difficult to drag people from, from, from sport like cricket and get them to embrace football and there's not too many people who would give as much time to every sport. So, we, uh, yeah, it, we were we were swimming against the tide, and uh, but we we decided to give people in the city a reason enough to come and support their local club by doing things that the clubs they support in Europe do, but with a local touch. Yeah, with a small touch, with our touch. You you can't ape somebody. There's no blueprint for success. What works for somebody might not work for somebody else. But uh, we got things wrong along the way. The most important thing is we kept trying. We kept trying with different things. We got a few hits, a lot of misses, but we're still learning. But we kind of got the right formula somewhere along the line that works for this club. So we've got absolutely no qualms in, in, in letting out our secrets, uh, if you may say so, or our blueprint, because it differs so much from, from city to city, from club to club. But yeah, we. Like I said, we were swimming against the tide and we had to give people a reason to come and love this club uh, for footballing reasons and for non-footballing reasons. I love how you said blueprint because that's like the perfect segue for my next question. Lovely this is. Your writer is coming out as a podcaster as well. I love it, Kunal. <laughs> so, the blueprint is uh, Bengaluru FC's match day programs which Kunal will tell us a little bit more about. So talk about the Matchday programs and how this season it has been used as a medium for advocacy and activism. Uh, like I said uh, a few minutes ago, we tried to do things uh, that were special or unique to clubs in Europe and give it our touch. So a Matchday program is something that, that all clubs across England do. And we said, hey, why not? Uh, Fun fact, we've never ever missed to print an edition of the blueprint for a home game in seven seasons at all. Nothing, not, not, not once. We start with the six-pager. So it's, it's basically a small uh, a, a ready reckoner of sorts, a small magazine. 
uh, when you come on match day at the stadium you get and it's got information about the game it's got a captain speaking to you it's got a coach talking to you uh it's it dumps dumps down the whole squad for you in case you're a first timer it's got a points table it's got great stories so we did all of this for six seasons and this season we thought that uh, i mean we saw that that, that people embraced the, the blueprint a lot they commented on articles that they read they shared pictures of the cover so we said listen if this is is picking popularity then why not use it for something really nice and this season as a club we wanted to talk about things that matter to this planet to us to 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 things around us where we decided that listen every cover of the blueprint while it will continue featuring a player uh, it will also feature a key cause that we want to stand for that we want to uh, educate people about in the most simplest and basic of ways and uh, also kind of suggest methods and means to kind of reduce or rather rather contribute positively to changing things so uh we've we now i think eight eight match days through eight home match days through and we've spoken about garbage segregation we've spoken about uh the rivers drying in bangalore we've spoken about uh uh the importance to conserve wildlife and had sunil chetri on it because he loves tigers uh we've recently gone with albert seran uh who's who's quite the traveler uh in terms of changing clubs and he talks about the different cities he's seen and how things have changed over the years and we even thrown in a little greta thunberg on it uh and both of them are holding a globe that's kind of melting to suggest that listen this is what we're faced with so the stories inside talk about the player uh the cause the player stands for in a very subtle way and then more importantly uh what people can do uh give people a perspective on how grave the problem is even if it's not affecting you directly at the moment right now and uh, yeah what what they can do to change it so yeah this is part of our for the planet initiative that we started this season at the club where we want to be a football team we want to be a sports team that stands for things for the planet because uh, that's something that not a lot of sports persons or athletes or clubs or foot- or, or teams not even football teams the sports teams across the country do in a, in a, in a very uh, uh consistent manner that is exactly the one thing that i love about bengaluru fc because we combine the power of sports and then we combine the power of social media and use like use that to drive social change and the match day program somehow do that as well but before we move on to like the bfc cares and the corporate social responsibility end of things i do want to in an age where we're like in such a digitalized world right now because the match day programs are still print media do you think that there are some barriers in the way that like information is absorbed uh we yeah i i think i think you're right i think you're right uh again this whole print thing comes with my love for print because i worked for, for a newspaper for 8 years and i love holding information in my hand rather than consuming it off a screen uh but also another thing i mean i mean it's it's so difficult because again we're printing paper but i i i need to tell you that uh the paper used for every match day program is recyclable and is made from recycled paper so we yeah i mean that there is there is something it's 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 a bit of a double edged sword 
but we're trying to change that. We've introduced away match day programs that are digital completely now, mm-hmm. and we kind of hope to go digital completely with the blueprint eventually. But we still think, I mean, I personally think that when you hold something, it's just an old school thing, but when you hold something, it kind of speaks to you louder than when you scroll through it. Right. I like that. That's an old school thought, but I think that's a very relevant thought for a lot of us, you know. It's exactly like how most of us prefer reading books rather than the Kindle. Absolutely. I'm still suffering through that transition of going into the Kindle because I can't possibly carry I'm not. I'm not making the change. You never? I, no, I'm not making the change. I have books. I need to, I need to, uh, the, the pages need to, to kind of smell old. Um, That's one of my favorite smells. Yeah, it is. It's just so nice. I love it. And I think when you touch a book, it it speaks to you a lot more than when you. I mean, a Kindle is the same font. It's. I don't know. Yeah, the uniqueness is not there. The pages pages on a Kindle don't get yellow. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. You can't dog ear the, you know, pages that you like. I mean, you can. No, I'm, I'm, I'm anti-dog earing, so I'm not. Oh, you're not? No, I'm, I'm not <laughs> okay. beyond that. If I lend you my book and if you dog ear it, the oh. copy is yours. I'll buy another one. Great. That's how you steal books from no. Kunal. That's <laughs> how I, I figured it out, Kunal. <laughs> yeah, that was very easy. <laughs> but yeah, so talking a little bit about the blueprint again, what I wanted to say was, I think one way that you somehow maintain that you know I want the blueprint is because you print only a certain number like I walked into the office today and like I usually mooch off of things here and there you know and I was like hey Kunal can I have the other blueprints from the season he's like we don't have any you should have taken it at the game and I was like oh okay (laughs) five years of loyalty and there are no like benefits okay fine Kunal (laughs) but I, I guess that's the way of making print media sort of work because I have friends personally that every match like every home game collect these match day programs and then keep them as like you know souvenirs and just like yeah yeah we we started with about six thousand or seven thousand per game and now we print only thousand and it's nice in a way because uh, we want to print less yes and uh, a lot of them also got wasted Mm -hmm. and now when you print thousand people realize that listen hey it's it's like like you came and asked for one we didn't have one right so there's people who collect this and these are the kind of people who will go out of their way on a match day to kind of get a blueprint right so we've had people on twitter saying hey i can't make it for a game and they will tag maybe five people say hey one of you can you pick up a copy for me and i'll collect it later right so it, it's it's really nice that we now know that these people really value the blueprint and then they will uh take the next step so it's going into the right hands Mm-hmm. and we're not wasting paper mm-hmm. so it's just win-win everywhere also i think it's learning by doing learning by experience right yeah. l- l- like i told you we, we, we've made so many mistakes along the way uh we, we've hit bullseye we, we've missed massively but all that has has gone on to, to, to teach us so many things and yeah i mean the club is what it is because we're trying every day but the point is you've got to try every day mm-hmm. yeah now let's like speak a little bit about that power of combining, you know, the power of sports and social media and using that as a driver for like social change and how that combination of forces has an impact that's beyond just on ground and interweb statistics, right? So tell us a little bit about BFC Cares, what it stands for and how it's grown over the years. Uh, you're absolutely correct in terms of saying uh, the kind of role sports, events, Sports teams play in kind of uh, influencing opinions, creating change. But yeah, BFC Cares was our uh, was our 
it's, it's not it's not something that we just wanted to have to tick boxes mm-hmm. at the club like i said when we came we came here with nothing and we understood the importance of involving the community and giving back to the community even before the community gave anything to us and that is so critical and in year 7 even if we filled 25000 people for a big game at the fortress uh we will still want to give back to the community so it doesn't end with ticket sales for us and bfc cares was the was 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 i mean was the seed of that we wanted a kind of be responsible to the place around us even when we are not playing football so bfc cares is is a year your year long thing that runs around and we we have our boys picking up garbage we have the fans coming in painting walls we we talk about causes we i mean bfc cares has done so much maybe not in the most structured way but we've got a heart in the right place and that shows with the things we do so yeah over like and like you said we're learning over time to structure things and do them correctly but bfc cares is uh i would not say nicer side because it's not that we are not nice on the pitch <laughs> but yeah is is our is our side where we kind of give back more than just three points where we give back more than a trophy where we give back uh, more than a fantastic night at the fortress because these things matter those 90 minutes are important the season's important but beyond the season's also equally important to us the city is important to us uh, the environment's important to us and all the people who make the city and who eventually make the club are important to us i love that you say that and you mentioned like a couple of uh, collaborations that you did with bfc cares so tell us over the years what's been your favorite bfc cares initiative and why ah oh, that is i i can't really put a finger on my favorite we've done some fantastic stuff like we uh we did the stuff with 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 these bunch of kids from shining stars where on every match day they collect all the plastic bottles around the stadium which we've kind of reduced now over time and then they sell those bottles uh, to be recycled the money they get goes back into funding their football team and that's fantastic so we tied up with them on a consistent basis to kind of uh you know get this whole thing going for them uh their stuff we've done with the ugly indian uh the spot fixes around the stadium where our boys our fans everyone's come together the coaches uh, pulled on an apron uh, picked up a paint brush and, and just started painting the walls uh told people around the importance of not littering so there's there's so many collaborations we've done and with with some really fantastic people uh we used we used heroes who do stuff for the city to launch our jersey a couple of seasons ago which i thought was brilliant because it's usually it's usually the players who are stars everywhere and you know they're walking out with strobe lights over them and and this cool looking uh, jersey launch but we went out to people who are restoring lakes who are reforesting the city who are uh, fighting the use of single use plastic and we got them to kind of you know stand up and 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 model our jersey for us because they are heroes for the city and like i said because they are as well we are so yeah but i think uh, what we've tried to do this year is what i like a lot where we've uh, we've said that the number of goals our boys score through the season we will plant six saplings that will grow the big trees 
for every single goal they score. Six is because that's the number of trophies we won. It may not be the biggest number, but at this club, we've never been about numbers. We've been about quality. So, uh, I, I, I like I like this this cause the most in a way because we've taken the whole community with us. And after 14 match days, it took someone to pop up and say, hey, listen, we can't do six, one of the fans, but we will match it with one. And then people started tagging each other. And now we've got this whole set of fans who are willing to, to plant a tree every time we score a goal. Uh, the players have pledged to kind of double the number once the season ends and it's just blossoming into something really nice. So we've tied up with uh, this organization that is helping restore rivers mm-hmm. yeah, and lakes and rivers that have dried up in the city and it's important that, that the area around those lakes and rivers need to be forested completely. So the goals that we score, the trees that we kind of pledge. Us and the fans at the end of the season will walk over physically and will plant those trees in those places there. So we spread the whole the message about the importance of restoring lakes and rivers and we will walk the talk by planting trees around them, which will aid the whole the whole the whole restoration process. So yes, this is one of my favorites because it took 14 game weeks of counting the number of trees that we are planting for someone to pop up and say, hey listen, we will kind of match this and then people tag each other and now it's become a thing. So it's just come full circle for us right now. Yeah, it's almost like a snowball thing, mm-hmm. right? It started off with like six trees for like per goal and now there are so many more people pledging them. But you mentioned the heroes, right? I think this is not a BFC Cares thing, but this was a video done back in the day uh, where it was, uh, I love this video, Kunal. You have mentioned this so many times. It's where the tailor is tailoring the jersey. Oh, yes. And he's putting another star on it, and then he in Kannada goes Inon Tagonba, which means get one more and come, yeah, one more trophy and come back. And I love that. I think there was something so like while you were talking about it, I was getting goosebumps. I love Kunal's writing, but I actually really like what he's saying in terms of how passionate the club is overall about everything that it does off the pitch as well. Yeah. So off the pitch, that brings me to my next questions. Access to the right kind of training facilities and overall exposure is essential for any sport, right? And that happens especially in like the pre-teen and teen phase. Tell us a little bit about the grassroots program that BFC has in place. I think the the whole structure that we have in place right now in year seven is arguably, I may sound biased, but the best in the country because it's it's the perfect perfect pathway we obviously started with the senior team uh, which is the first team and then uh, we worked backwards which is maybe not the way to do it but we've kind of got the whole jigsaw together right now so you can start at our soccer schools which is a pay and play uh, kind of program the moment we think you're good enough, you stop paying money, you get slotted into the academy. We've got our under 9s, our under 11s, our under 13s, our under 15s, under 18s. We've got a B team then and then the senior team. So this whole thing is now a proper ladder with every round in place. And you can start looking forward to the next round perfectly without uh, getting lost. So a lot of talent gets lost because there is a lack of a next step. Mm-hmm. which is not there anymore. There, there's 
I mean, we've eliminated those 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 missing links completely with our structure at BFC. So uh, the younger kids, uh, I think the 13s and 15s, they stay and study at our fantastic facility in Bellary, which is about a five and a half hour drive from here. It's the the inspired series of sport, which is unreal and it's it's unlike anything anyone has seen in this country in terms of facilities for. For not only our academy teams, but even the Olympic program that we support. Uh, yeah, so so these kids are there and they are eating, sleeping, drinking football, completely proper nutrition, diet, uh, medicine, sports science, everything is taken care of. So these guys have something to aspire once they finish a year uh, or the second year or an age group. So it's just perfect, and I think this is. Again, I'd say this even if I was at a rival club and if I saw what BFC were doing. But we've got the perfect player pathway for kids right up to the senior team. So, any kid right now who's still sticking labels on their notebooks for school can aspire, very practically aspire to, to play for the senior team at some point in time. So, we, we, had, we had one of our B team boys start a game yesterday. And, I mean, he's been playing at the Bangalore Football Stadium every other day. Uh, 3pm kickoffs are not the best stuff but he gets his chance and I mean you had the whole stadium singing his name yesterday after a game so I mean it's 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 down to the pathway that this club's created for, for kids it's just perfect so it takes a village to make the perfect sportsman but it also takes a village to make the perfect sportswoman as well so gender imbalance and inequality in sports is a major challenge that we know i used to play as a kid i don't know if you know this about me by the way i used to play football as a kid and i could see the difference between like the way boys were trained versus how i was trained what the facilities were like i had to go to like small villages in maharashtra like jalgaon and everything and then play over there where you know something as simple as like washroom facilities were not that great you know and it becomes it takes a toll on you i come from a very privileged position i have these first world problems that i do but then again like the imbalance also sort of trickles down in the way that you know what is your access to facilities right so how does bfc look at making football in india more balanced and equal first things first you playing football is news to me but i'm i'm, I'm proud do you know I went to uh, I played for the state of Maharashtra. Unbelievable. And I was selected as a goalkeeper. I'm just like plugging my <laughs> yeah ego boost by the way. Fair enough. Fair enough. No, but but you make a very valid point, and it's so stark. It's so stark. The the the, the sad bit is that while it's so stark, it's something that over time all of us have kind of conveniently agreed with mm-hmm. that if it's if it's down to women. It, it, it's okay if it's uh, third grade facilities. If it's so, it's okay if it's it's not the best because uh, it's not the same. Like men. I mean, in terms of an output, in terms of whatever, just you know, it's it's stark. Everyone knows about it, and everyone's okay with it, and that is the problem. Mm-hmm. But uh, I can confidently say things are changing. Everyone's a bit more aware. Uh, the women have found their voice. They're speaking up. Uh, they're doing things more than just speaking up. They're doing things uh, that 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 force you to kind of turn your head and say, "Hey, listen, 
maybe she's got a point because she's actually walking the talk and it's not just about you know creating gender balance and just because you have to it's mm-hmm. not it's not something you've got to tick in a box so yeah the club the club understands this fully and in fact uh, it's it's just funny how i mean everything we're talking about right now there's so much happening just around these last few days while we're talking right now there's there's an indian women's league game happening just outside and it's it's fantastic to see i mean we this is just outside our office and we're getting to watch some good football every single day and it prompted me to even tweet a couple of days back because i saw some quality football being played and it's it also made me realize that hey listen we need to kind of give this more of a watch because we're so accustomed to so uh i don't know what the right word is but we just think we assume that because it's women's football it's 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 not great quality which is wrong uh the club two days ago played a big big role in facilitating the move of bala devi to scottish club rangers and she becomes the first women footballer from the country to secure a professional contract anywhere in the world with this deal and this happened because uh, bengaluru fc is partners with rangers fc in scotland and we said hey listen we don't have a girls team but we have this fantastic girl who's a great talent can you check her out and they did and they liked her it's not a marketing gimmick they gave her an 18 month contract and she's off in another two days to play so uh, the club realizes this fully and the club even spoke about having its own women's team once uh, the, the 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 powers that be kind of put a proper structure in place mm-hmm. and where we have women playing football throughout the year not just for 30 or 40 days like it is taking place right now it, it isn't to demean what's happening right now this is the first step definitely but we want to be part of something that's that's more sustainable for women uh, they have something to look forward to just like the men i mean the boys have a proper pre-season a season and an off-season and we're in touch with them throughout the year so that's what needs to happen with women too so yes the club realizes this uh uh two years ago we kind of got our first female employee i think yeah at the club over here in bangalore not at offices but in at the at the club offices in bangalore and now the, the number's gone up to four so in in just a matter of a year and a half so it's fantastic that that, that we as a club are, are realizing this and it's like i said it's not to kind of sound cool uh, as a club that is kind of uh, you know open to doing these things or is i mean is not advocating this just because it sounds cool but because it's purely on merit everything needs to be done on merit if you're good it doesn't matter what gender you belong to so i think it's high time that we start uh, treating or rather accepting things purely on merit and not on not on gender yesterday i was in the stands in west block and when bala devi came over during the half time there was a roar in west block for her and it was just as loud as the ones that we do for chetri and we do for any of the other boys and that shows that you know as long as you're a good sports person that is what matters at the end of the day right and i love the direction that bfc is going to i mean it's baby steps but we're getting there slowly Absolutely. but surely right yeah so from all things bfc let's zoom out for a bit and talk about sports in general mm-hmm. in your opinion from your experience what is the role of sports when it comes to sustainability i think 
forces a massive massive catalyst when it comes to sustainability i don't i don't know what others think but i think sporting events and and sporting teams like i said before uh your or the affiliation to a team just influences mass behavior in a way you can't even fathom right so it's just crazy so i don't see why why if a sporting team or a sporting event talks about sustainability i do not see why people would not sit up and take notice so the role that 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 sports plays in fact i mean to to give it some perspective the percentage of people that that follow or that believe in sport is three times more than those that believe in science wow so yeah just I did just, not know just that. a rough perspective so yeah there's more people believe in sport or the following than they do in science and <laughs> yeah and, and 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 so many of the problems we are faced with now in terms of sustainability also it stems down to so much of science it, so my point is you you see the disparity in the numbers in the percentages and you then realize the kind of role that sport can play to bridge that gap yeah so if 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 you're talking enough about it you will i mean you will have people you know when you when you're, when you're a successful athlete you're a successful league you're a successful sports team and if you say hey listen climate change is real there will be people wanting to know what you're on about because they adore you they they worship you they will kiss the ground that you walk on uh so i think it is it is a responsibility that 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 sports and sports teams and athletes have to take so seriously right now i love that you say that because you know this is very similar to how in india we look up look up to bollywood as well right but here's the thing with cinema there's always you can not like cinema as well and you know you can choose to not like a movie because you don't agree with what it was or you didn't like the acting or whatever but when it comes to your sporting like your club even if it loses you will never not li- like not like it you're always going to back it no matter what it is so that makes it so much more of like a powerful voice right and if sports ends up doing that it's crazy like you said the numbers are evident you know absolutely i mean the, the the beauty of sport is this whole the the, the kind of uh, the kind of bond it 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 facilitates between the fans and the club and it's just crazy it, uh, people who don't follow sport i mean they would have their own avenues but trust me nothing nothing kind of comes in close to to to, to someone who who loves a team or an athlete or a club or you know that whole bond is so special and i think that that bond needs to be used positively by these teams by us uh in 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 spreading the right kind of messages that are so relevant to to our times right now you say that it's uh, it can be used do you mean that when it comes to the sporting industry there is a responsibility that exists or is it a choice that is made again i i can't speak for everyone but i think personally think in my opinion for whatever it is worth is that it is now a responsibility mm-hmm. because it could have been a choice maybe 10 years ago right but this is i mean this is going to affect us all 
is going to affect uh generations to come if there are generations with an s mm-hmm. that will live to see this planet uh, so i really think it's it's a responsibility right now we it's not a pr gimmick anymore it's not to look nice sound nice mm-hmm. i think it needs to be taken seriously and li- like like the fact that we we dedicated every single match day program cover to a cause uh that kind of drives towards sustainability is reason enough for everyone to understand how serious we are about this we don't make any revenue off this right there's no sponsor branding on the cover for us to sell it's just us as a club as a responsible club uh that realizes it has a role in kind of shaping an opinion that is very relevant to our times and that's why we do it so i think it's i don't think it's a choice anymore i think it's it's i think it, it it's a responsibility yes i love that you say that because greenwashing in all sorts of industries is so normal now like pr gimmicks to just you know because it's cool or because it's fun to do this and everyone's doing it but that you said that you make no revenue off this and then you still actively put man hours in like writing the content to design to like thinking of the idea and everything besides all the other work that you have with the team already that shows that they the ethos or like the core of bfc does believe in it truly you know and it's not just a gimmick so on a li- lighter note let's move on to something uh, more fun so we're going to do like a visual exercise and convey it on this audio based platform because okay. why not <laughs> okay. and uh, now that we know a little bit about you and your work i want to do like go a little back like throw it back a little bit to your childhood have you watched the jetsons mhm i have It's the cartoon from the 2000s. You're older than me, but like I don't want to like be ageist on this. No, I, I I grew up without a television. What? I, yeah, I. Can I? Okay. Yeah, Is yeah. it rude to ask your age on this? <laughs> <laughs> Was the 80s your favorite thing or the 70s? Just no. kidding. No, he's not that old, guys. <laughs> no, I I grew up without a television, and I think it was the best thing ever. Really? Yeah, Why though? It was just a conscious decision. Uh, we had a 14-inch black and white video on television. Uh. that my parents decided to kind of plug off and and place under the sofa and under the cot and they said listen let's give this a shot let's let's kind of talk over dinners and uh, why don't you guys that. yeah why don't you guys read books instead uh my brother and I revolted obviously but then kind of said we'll give it a shot we embraced it uh a week became a month became a year became a decade and we didn't need a television anymore i love that That's yeah so cool. back back home in bombay we don't have television at all even till date yeah till date so the black and white 14 inch was our last television and dd1 dd2 was all we had no <laughs> no cable tv but yes i i mean i did manage to to catch jetsons yeah <laughs> jetsons and cartoon network and all your flintstones and all of that so yeah i i i, I can mildly associate what you're talking about <laughs> all right so why i mentioned the jetsons was so in the cartoon they have these aero cars with like this transparent bubble mm-hmm. and uh, that's how they commute and for me as a young kid in the early 2000s that was like the vision that i had so you know in school we'd always be like draw your vision 2020 or write your essay on what 2020 is like anyone who's been in the indian education system knows that that happens and for me the aero cars would make it into that i didn't realize that 20 years is too short uh, and we probably won't have aero cars by then 
right now we are in 2020 and we don't have them but teslas are extremely sexy so let's say that that was my vision somehow manifested in a way did you have a particular thing like this that was you that you envisioned uh i think i listen i think cars flying in the air was everything yeah okay it was just everyone it was just thing. too cool you know yeah, yeah. Just, come on come on it's just everyone's thing man come on so <laughs> but yeah. what was your idea of 2020 as a kid oh man i didn't think of 2020 as a kid i didn't even think of 2020 as a kid really but that's the beauty of that time and and that's the beauty of not living with the television that's the beauty of reading books because uh, your your idea of, of imagining something was so different right. from yeah it's just so different man it's just so different uh obviously this whole i, I think i don't know maybe maybe kids from the 80s and 90s associate uh childcraft the the series of books called childcraft man it's exactly see your your clueless right now and my face is blank my, just to put yeah. this in perspective if so, you said tinkle digest no, i would get so it so exa- no listen like tinkle digest was, yeah a lot of yeah i mean it was fun and yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah but childcraft was like oh childcraft was next level childcraft was your Google. You have to see the excitement on Kunal's face. Right? No, listen. It was <laughs> listen. It was hardbound. Uh, hardbound. See. Yeah. He really loves yeah, print media. See, it was hardbound. The pages were made in heaven. <laughs> the illustrations, everything. You want. You want to run your hand over childcraft all the time. And yeah, but they had all these things about robots and this and that. So yeah, I think I think this whole. robots taking over everything was, was yeah it was was the closest yeah, to be honest with you mm-hmm. yeah it was just about getting out at 4:30 and playing man that was those were the good days exactly and that was what i want 2020 to be even in 1990 so yeah i'm sorry if i've disappointed you with this one but no but no, it's just the simple things man so yeah and now i i really want them back i really want them back yeah my sister's uh, in 11th grade right now and even when she was like probably in the 6th or the 7th grade she didn't do this whole thing of like run back like home from school just change quickly and just go out to play because that was the thing like finish your homework and go out to play because that was our thing that was our entertainment right and that was our socializing and everything my sister doesn't do that and i was just like what is it with your generation and then i talked like oh really old person no but but there's it just brings me back to the street that kind of really it just gave me the chills and i kind of shuddered it said i, I can't i can't quote it verbatim but it said something to the effect of there was a day when it was the last time you stepped out to play with your friends and you didn't realize it fully yeah oh my god i read it on ah, facebook sometime that got me and i really like i went to this whole rewind to think like when was the when last was that day, day the vs friends went out as a group like to, to play at 5 pm and then one day we just didn't so when was that last day and it kind of really shook me proper man. so no, yeah now you just made me sad kunal i don't <laughs> want to do this podcast yeah, this, is, this is supposed okay, to be bye, fun i'm friends, sorry bye i'm <laughs> thank you for listening we're we're ended now bye <laughs> okay but why i brought up the whole childhood thing was because i want to um, understand what your first encounter with sustainability was again it's something that would have happened i wouldn't have known mm-hmm. uh first active encounter where you realized ha huh, this is something that i can do but maybe not realized to the effect of okay this is why i'm doing it but now thinking like retrospectively 
yeah, I think, yeah, I, I think it's got to do with plastic. Mm-hmm. And I think it's one of those stories where this headlines, one of those tabloids that says cow stomach has some 30 kilos of plastic. Yeah, those were, yeah. Yeah, that, yeah, that shook me proper. I'm like, man, what are we doing? And then this whole, it, it, it's, it's coming out right now because of social media and all that stuff where every uh, monsoon or something, you have an image from Bombay where the sea spits back garbage yeah. or after Ganesh Visarjan or something like that. And it's a standard image and then people are just sharing it. But yeah, I mean, I, I'm a Bombay boy. I grew up there and going to Jewel Beach and seeing uh, all the garbage that you throw on the sea being spat back at you is it kind of shakes you properly but like I said it's everyone's aware right now because people take a picture and put it up and then there's retweets and there's shares and there's likes but this happens and I think so plastic kind of was the first yeah it was it was it was and then this whole microns and you know 50 microns and 20 microns and governments banning stuff and yeah yeah, cloth bags and, and all that I mean yeah but I think in Bombay uh going to the beach and, and getting shit for the lack of a better word thrown back at you kind of makes you think about hey listen, what the hell are you doing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think I think that was it for me. Anyway, so how has that understanding of sustainability changed over the years? We spoke about this a little bit before the podcast as well, that you know, over the years you have learned a lot and especially with BFC as well, you've learned a lot in terms of sustainability, what it means for sports as well. How has your understanding changed and how has your job affected that change? Yes, uh, I'd definitely say it's it's uh, changed a lot after coming to the club and after like, because of BFC Cares, because of things that we do. And at this club, we have always said we, we always want to walk the talk. It's There's a, there's a sense of, of honesty in everything we do. So it's not eyewash, it's not something we do for the newspapers or for headlines. So whenever we talk about something, we like, hey, listen, if we're talking about this, then we've got to do it. Right. So when we spoke about plastic balls, we, we made an effort this year that the the bottles that the boys use on pitch side at a game will be uh, reusable sippers. We said we will try to make an attempt. You might still find a stray bottle or two, a plastic mm-hmm. bottle or two. But we want to be honest about it. We keep telling the boys every time before they step out of the dressing room, even though all they're thinking about is the game. We let them know, guys, listen, we're standing up for this cause, so we cannot be throwing bottles, please. We cannot be picking up bottles. Don't take that bottle in your hand because you've got a sipper that we will refill and wash and refill and wash again. Uh, when we decided to do this, I spoke to the coach and, and Carles said, listen, this is lovely. We will get the whole team together and we should talk to them about this. Mm-hmm. And I thought that, that, that was that was brilliant because it's not just guys retweet this or guys put this picture up and say this. No. So we sat them down and, and I remember when we told them about all the things that we are trying to do at the club, there was a genuine round of applause by the boys because they felt nice that they are part of a club that is trying to change things around them. That stands for something yeah, bigger. And, and they have kids that they are raising in this world that will be battling these problems right. at a, probably at a 10x level maybe. Mm-hmm. So they realize this. So bottles on the touchline is one thing. Uh, 
we tied up with an organization to ensure that we have zero waste to landfill at the stadium. So there's garbage segregation after every game, the day after the game, where everything is segregated and sent to the right places to be recycled, disposed, or whatever. So there's we're not digging and filling stuff anywhere. So this season we started at the stadium. Uh, uh, this whole blogging activity that takes place after the game, where the fans have taken it upon right. themselves, and that's just fantastic. Mm-hmm. And that's what the fans of this club stand for. Like, there's no game for them, but they're doing this. Uh, our merchandise stall on a match day at the Fortress is zero plastic, so nothing is sold in plastic bags anymore. It's all paper bags, or we give you the option of taking this. In your hand, you know, you can just literally fold something in your hand and carry it. If it's a scarf, you can just wear it around from the store and walk out. You don't need to put it in a bag. Right. So, small things, we, uh, our guys at the stores, our staff educate the people about it. We educate the staff about it. So, it's, it's I mean, we, we are doing these small things and we're not making any dollar claims. You will probably find, like I said, the stray bottle or the stray plastic bag at a stall. But that's us making a genuine effort. We're not promising you that we're doing this 100%, but we want to get there and we know we will. I love that you say that because you know what I believe personally? Activism shouldn't be bullying, right? It's not about 100 people doing it 100%. It's about 1,000 people making an attempt that is even 50 or 60% because that has a bigger impact and that gets the word going and like, Networking happens through there, right? And I love that BFC stands for all that. Everything holds them in a lot more. So now is the fun part of the podcast. When I told him about like what the idea of the rapid fire was, I was like, it's a very like Karan Johar thing from... So Karan Johar is this big director. I don't know if I... Most possible example. Yeah. (laughs) In Bollywood. And he has this talk show where he does this rapid fire thing and all Bollywood people do that. But I want to make it more like better and, you know, more relevant. So yeah, we're going to do a rapid fire round. Are you ready, Kunal? I am as long as you tell me that that's not the benchmark and you're setting your own. Yeah, <laughs> I'm setting my own. Yeah. Fair Guys, disclaimer, I could absolutely fail at this because I write for a living. I do not talk for a living. So let's get this going. Yeah. So what's the first thing that comes to your mind when I say sustainability? Mandatory. Okay. Next one. What is your favorite BSC chant? Kunal Kunal, give us a wave counts. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. You're taking too much time, Kunal. Come on. Uh, Kunal, that, Kunal, give us a wave. Give us an answer. No. <laughs> we know who we are. We know who we are. Champions of India. We know who we are. Your favorite Pearl Jam song. Ooh. Come on. That's just wrong. Yeah, I know. Uh, that's why I did this. Because it's a rapid fire, I will... This this, <laughs> this is going to change like multiple times, but I will go with Yellow Led Better because, simply because, Eddie Vedder does not sing the same lyrics to the song every time he performs. Is it because he forgets or is it because no. he actively chooses not to? He chooses not to. I love that. Yeah, so you will never be able to decipher the exact lyrics of Yellow Led Better because it just changes every single time. I think that's unbelievable. So that is, for that single reason, that is my favorite Paul Jam song at the moment, but it could be Black, it could be Jeremy. Okay, I don't uh, enough over there. You right. I told you one. <laughs> I love how you're cheekily like sneaking in four more over there. Okay, next one. 
Nobody's perfect. So, what's your one sustainability faux pas that you are guilty of? Ooh, it's 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 awkward, but forgetting to carry a cloth bag with me every time, and then buying another cloth bag. At the so shop. you have like oh. a. Is it like a very? This is a very Indian middle class thing. Back in the day, it used to be one big plastic bag with many plastic bags. Yes. Do you have one cloth bag with many cloth bags at I home? I will now? go home and send you a photograph of this. <laughs> of this cloth yes. bag collection that you have. It's something my my mother will be really proud of, <laughs> but she will think that these are being given free, and I'm just collecting them. But it's not the case. So it's like I said, it's it's. It's just a bit. It's ironic because I'm buying another cloth bag. Yes, but then I should have carried the first cloth bag. So I think what we can agree to do is I can agree to distribute these cloth bags to people. I was just going yes. to say that. So, so here's yeah. what we're going to do tomorrow. I will click a picture of this and send it to you. Be that I will distribute cloth bags to everyone in the office and make sure they have it in their backpacks every time. It's just on their person every time. I love how mid podcast we have a call to action. I just I love that. Absolutely. That's the whole point of this thing. All right, next question. This is controversial and it's going to cause some drama. Bangalore or Bombay? Get out of here. Pick one. You have to do this. Get out of here. No, you have to do this. <laughs> okay, first of all, thank you for calling it Bombay. You know what? This is what happens. Thank you. Just, just, just say, just say. Yeah, I just, I. Just take it's it. It's a feeling. Just take Whoever's it. listening will understand this. We don't have to explain it. It's yes, Bombay. Yes. Uh, Bangalore or Bombay? Damn. What's the criteria? No criteria. Just pick one. That's when it gets tougher. If I give you a criteria, of course, then you can pick one easily. Bangalore. Oof. Everyone who's listening from Bombay. Bangalore. I don't even know if I'm gonna have that many people listening Bangalore. to this. <laughs> But yeah. Oh, Bombay. I'll let everyone know. I'll put this on like social media. That Kunal would go could pick Bangalore. Listen, clarion call. <laughs> clarion call. If there is a deal breaker to choose between these two, it will be Pau. Which is, Bun is not the right translation, but Pau. <laughs> Bombay Pau. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Bangalore has no concept of Pau. And genuinely, I genuinely intend to bring good power to Bangalore and basically introduce Bangalore to, to legit power. So if it's power in question, then, then it's Bangalore. Then it's but Bombay. then you're getting into specifics. Overall, yeah, like I said, like so overall, overall Bangalore wins. Bangalore is home now. Yeah. Uh, absolutely love the city, love the people, love Bangalore. the club. It's just changed my life completely. So Bangalore. Bangalore won Bombay nil. Hmm. <laughs> I'm just trying to create some drama. Over here. <laughs> you asked me for an answer, I gave it to you. Come okay, on. Okay, cool. Next one. Your favorite BFC TV video. Ooh. I better be in one of those. No, the ones that. <laughs> Ouch. No, no, listen. The ones that you were part of. Oh, you and Sharan Kukreda gave me a migraine every single time. <laughs> He's lying. Time. He loves no, us. He no. truly dearly loves us yeah i love them for doing it for nothing at at my beck and call super short notice turning up and uh, absolutely slaying the final product but but <laughs> like a simple sentence man come on and like they like if one person gets it I, somehow i feel like it was they chose to do this because they had the time that i didn't but uh, no no so bfc tv uh on a serious note, is really special. It's my baby, if I may say so, in so many ways. Yeah. And it's it's an extension of of what I'd like this club to be and the 
kind of put out the kind of way we as a media team would like to show the team, the, the players. There's so many things, but it's not a BFC TV uh, episode that involved hosts, but the one that we put out uh, to launch our pink jersey. Yeah, I love that one. Yeah, it, it went on BFC TV, so that qualified. Yeah, that yeah. qualified, I guess. It, it was, yeah, long story short again, it was when uh, there was an incident of, 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 of a lady being groped on Brigade Road on New Year's Eve, and it's just not the nicest of thing. And we spoke to our boys about it, and I mean, we we came out with a pink jersey just to kind of raise awareness about the cause and make our fortress safe for women. And I can proudly say that this I've been to a fair few stadiums as a journalist and as a media manager across 15 years in the country, and no country, no 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 city. Uh, attracts as many women to a stadium as as the fortress. So that's yeah. true. Yeah, so I can that's, vouch for that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So so that 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 video was really special. And okay, fine. I just say it. I kind of kind of I kind of shed a tear. Just out of yeah. It just, Good night. It, just, dead, dead. it it gets me emotional, and it's just because it's so honest, and it's exactly what we felt. Like I said, it was not a PR activity. We didn't sell those jerseys, nothing. We didn't make any money out of it, nothing. And I love the fact that when we take a cause like this to the boys, they they, they buy into it because they believe in it. Right. This is not rapid fire, but yeah, I it's to say like it. extra, but it's okay. It's our conversations. Yep. We usually have conversations like this anyway. So, last one. What's your favorite sustainable development goal, and why? There are seventeen of them. What's your favorite one? Yes, there are seven. When you go through all of them, suddenly everyone seems more important than the last one. But I would pick climate action. Okay. Yeah, definitely. We we don't know what we're doing to to ourselves. That's my favorite one as well. Yeah, it is. And I no, I, I, I the reason I'm saying it's my favorite is because everything else hinges around it. Right. It just it's it's the axis. It's the it's the crux of everything. So the other 16, yes, they are important in their own way and like everything is important. But if you ask me to put my finger on one, this would be it. Because if there is no planet, there is nothing else, there's no other 16 reasons to fight for. Right. So, yeah, I think I think that is that is, that is the one. That was a very good rapid fire round. I love that, Kunal. Thank you so much for, you know, being quick, but like also descriptive. I like yep. that. We spoke a little bit about the SDGs. Do you think that the 17 Sustainable Development Goals enable the global agenda or do they tend to confuse people even more? Uh, it's a very thin line in my opinion, in my limited opinion. Mm-hmm. This is not my area of expertise. Uh, ask me about football and I will say something with a lot of authority. But no, but I, I, it's a very thin line and I feel uh, you don't want too much being shoved down your throat at once. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really think that it's the it's the small steps that count. It's the little things that matter. But yet I get it because we've lost so much of time right. that that the remedies need to be. I mean, they need to come by the dozen. Quicker. Yeah, and they need, they need to come quicker. And so, but, but but yeah, I think that it's important that we even if we pick and choose and do those few things a hundred percent justice. Mm-hmm. Because I'd like to believe that everybody around everywhere is kind of picking different causes. And right. 
So it, it comes together as a perfect jigsaw. So to attempt to do all 17 of them or kind of, you know, no. But yeah, it is a fine line. It can seem a bit overwhelming, but I feel it is important at the same time. My point is you pick the ones that you can actually contribute 100% to and, and go about doing it. Where does your work fit into the global sustainability agenda? We discussed this earlier about mm-hmm. the importance of, of sport and uh, if, if I'm not wrong, uh, UN's 2030 Agenda for Sustainable Development acknowledges sport as a key, key player right. in here. It's just, it's just so key. And another interesting aspect is that at a sporting event, there's so many industries that come together. Right. There's so many so aspects. So much collaboration. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. I'm just saying, uh, just loosely thrown examples. There's the paper industry, the plastic industry, there's everything comes together at mm-hmm. a sporting event. You come to the fortress, you find all of this. Right. And I mean, we're still obviously growing as a sporting nation, if I may say so. But across the world, there's so many things that come together in a sporting arena. So it's it's so critical. So yeah, as far as my job is concerned and I mean, the club is concerned. Yes, it's so relevant to us right now. It's so important to us right now. We're not, like I said, we cannot be about three points and trophies anymore. Only. We have to go beyond that. And it's a responsibility that we fully understand. I love that you mentioned the UN over here because I think a couple of months ago, I sent you the UNFCCC Sports for I, Climate Action. I remember that. Yeah. So they sign, they sort of sign a lot of different sporting clubs. I saw that. Hopefully BFC, fingers crossed, ends up as the first one on the list. Absolutely. From India. That's something that like, you know, food for thought, let's say for BFC. Um, Yeah, so how does your industry look at sustainability? The sporting industry? Yeah. Because we know what BFC thinks and we know that it's a part of the ethos. But I want to know what the industry in general thinks. Oh... Again, uh, if you're saying the industry, I mean, is it, is it is it global? Is it national? No, let's 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 say India. Yeah, I think no. So again, I I could be a bit judgmental when I'm speaking for the rest, mm-hmm. but I still feel as an industry we've got so much more to do. Yeah, it's not about what 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 the industry thinks; it's about what the industry is doing. Right. So there's no time to think right now. It's time to do, mm-hmm. and we're not doing enough. Right. We're just not doing enough. Even as a club, we as a club are, are raising awareness, but it's not enough. Right. And I don't think, the moment you think it's enough, uh, I think we're doomed. And that's with everything. Yeah. Like even a hashtag for the season is room for more. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's not just to do with trophies. Right. That there is no limit to how much we can do. Mm-hmm. And that the reason we went with that hashtag is it's because, yes, it talks about trophies, it talks about success, it talks about more fans in the stadium, but it also talks about just room for more good things, right things, correct things outside the pitch also. And for us, sustainability is up there, if I may say so. Mm-hmm. So it's it's just paramount that the industry needs to do more. It's not doing enough. And mm-hmm. I don't want to sound like, I mean, you know, like we have our nose up God's bum just because we're doing a few things here and there. But... I feel we need to do more, definitely. And While room for more and the core values that BFC has might be the driver for your work in the intersection of sports and sustainability, what do you think are some of the barriers for this kind of work? Uh, it might be too specific 
uh, a barrier, but I think that the fact that at least having a football, we don't own our own stadium. Right. Football clubs don't own their own stadium in the country. I think spare Jamshedpur. No one really owns their own stadium. Right. And it's, I say stadium because there are teams, sporting teams across sports that are doing such fantastic stuff for sustainability through their stadium. Just through their stadium. So because like, you have more authority to do things. Yeah, I mean, I mean, an, an example that, that I'd pull out was the, the Cleveland Indians, they're a baseball team. And uh, they run, they're, they're the first team to run on, on wind power. Yeah? They're, they're the first team to install a wind turbine in, in their stadium. And other teams have adopted it, but they're the first. So they have their stadium. And now all the energy that is required to get that stadium alive is by the energy they are trying to harness into wind power. It's unbelievable. It's so self-sustaining. Yeah. I, I want to I want the club to install solar panels and harness all that energy and then use it to light up the, the an evening game at the Kandirva, the floodlights, but we don't own the stadium. So understand the kind of impediment it is. Yeah. Uh, Forest Green Rovers is, is a League 2 club. Okay, it's, which is the fourth tier in England. Uh, they're called Forest Green Rovers, but they were called Forest Green Rovers before they did what they're doing right now. And their stadium is, the pitch is powered by 100% green energy yeah? and it's generated by the solar panels on the, the, the roof of the stadium. So that's what I'm talking about. Uh, the team plays on, on what's, what's widely believed as the first organic soccer field with no chemical fertilizers. Uh-huh. So stuff like that. But that's because you own your own place. Mm-hmm. Here we, we turn up for a game and then, you know, that's nine days in a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe 15 if we count AFC competition. You, get, you get my point. Yeah, I understand. You get my point, right? So when we have our own space, the amount of things, because there are examples here. There are examples all around us, across sports, in football. Mm-hmm. You don't have to look beyond where, where people are doing stuff, clubs are doing things and it's, it, it, it makes us feel nice that, that sport is doing all this, but it yet makes us feel handicapped that we cannot do all these things. Right. While the examples that you give are super cool and innovative as well, I just, I mean, I'm anyways going to throw this question open to you. What are the most innovative ideas and campaigns that you've come across in your industry's green space? Let's like talk India. I mean, BFC is the pioneer, I would like to say. Yeah, sure. But to remove yourself from the bias and then... Yeah, and you know what? It's sad that I don't know how to say this correctly. The fact that we're the pioneer still doesn't sound right because we've still not done so much. Exactly. So <laughs> I'm not comfortable with the whole pioneer yeah. tag. Are we doing our bit? Yes. That Attempting to do our bit? Yes. But if we are the pioneers, then that's... It that's, should be something sad, more. In yeah, it's, it's a yeah. sad story. Mm-hmm. Then where does that leave the rest? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there are teams, if I'm not mistaken, I think, I think RCB's kits were made from recycled. Yeah, so, so I, I think that was cool if, if I have my facts correct. But again, again, I could be ignorant here, but I haven't come across a mind-blowing uh, campaign to mm-hmm. do with sustainability in Indian sport. I haven't come across one. It's BFC's turn. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. So again, I said, uh, very important, I could be ignorant here. And if there is one, I'd love to know about it. 
and I love to lord it and talk about it, even if it is not my club and not my sport. But I really can't put my finger or think about Why any such. Yeah, yeah, no. yeah. So that kind of grim. Mm-hmm. Given we spoke about how the kind of impact that sport has on on to influence mass behavior will change. So we're not doing enough clearly, all of us. Room for more. Definitely. Let's say that. Yeah. What has been the most rewarding project in your professional career and why? In terms of what? anything. Like in terms of your mainstream journalism work or just anything. What's been the most rewarding project that you've worked on? Wow. Journalism, I mean, it was nice that there were so many stories that you did that kind of changed things for people around you. Mm-hmm. And it meant so much more to those people than it did to you. Yeah. And to be able to do that in about 450 words, 500 words, right. it was just, yeah, there's so many instances. You, know, you just go home happier. It's long hours. It's, I had Tuesdays for a holiday for seven, eight straight years. Uh, come back home at 2 a.m., wake up at 12, no idea of lunch, breakfast, everything is the same. But when you get a great story, when that story is the catalyst for change, that feeling is fantastic. That's just fantastic. It's I can't describe it. I have I have a lot of clippings back home. I'm a sucker for print. Like I told you, I collect all those and I go back mm-hmm. home sometimes and it's just nice. Mm-hmm. It's Do just nice. Yeah. yeah. I've covered a few of the boys who went down to play for our club while they were in school. Yeah. So yeah. So when I go back and it's my byline and I've written about some of the boys. It's endearing. Yeah, yeah, like Keen Lewis. I covered Keen Lewis when he played school football in Bombay. So cute. Yeah, yeah. Karan Soni when he was with the club. And I mean, then come back and, and we are the same club. Yeah. That's just fantastic. Uh, Life's come full circle. Yeah. I, in fact, Chetri uh, was home a year ago and I just sat him down in my house in Bombay and we were going through old cartoons. And there was a headline about him that I wrote and stuff like that. We never met, we never spoken. And uh-huh. we were just laughing about it, man. Because, <laughs> yeah. I did this whole ode to him about his performance while he was with them. And now you're like buddies. Yeah, <laughs> it's was, quite funny. Yeah, I didn't even speak with him till I came to this club. Yeah. So yeah, it's just these small things and at the club at the club, yeah, for me the most rewarding is whenever I walk into the fortress and see more than five thousand people. For me that's because uh, the night before our first game over here in 2013, we sat in the center of the pitch of the Bangalore football stadium looking around and literally shitting ourselves thinking, how the hell are we going to fill this place up? The entire how? How? And four and a half thousand people turned up and we were like, wow. And then when we moved to Kantirwa, we sat in the middle of Kantirwa and said, how the hell are we going to fill this place up? 25,000. Mm-hmm. So whenever, I always have this small moment when I turn to West Block and just watch it when this whole presentation is going on, I'm just happy. For me, it's not about the result. It's not about what they're chanting. It's not about if it's a semi-final and we've gone to the final. It's not about aggregate score. It's not about anything. It's just about turning and seeing that we as a club have built something so amazing and that's just fascinating. Cups aside, results aside, there's nothing. So. To be honest, Kinal does have the best seats in the stadium. The media box is an unreal <laughs> place. I've spent many a days there recording Instagram stories and all sort of stuff in when it's pouring and the boys are still playing in West Blocks roaring. Yeah. It's it's an unreal place to be because you see everything come together from the media box. Exactly. I've never sat in the West Block in my life. Mm-hmm. I've never and I will never 
and it's purely not not because the media box is on there. Now we have a bigger team, a fantastic media team, which could allow me to kind of walk across the West Block, yeah, and then come back. But I don't do it simply because to watch what the West Block does and the rest of the stadium also now is it's like the fruit of our labor in a way, mm-hmm. and it's just. I mean, it's so satisfying game week after game week to sit and watch what this club has done mm-hmm. and what this club means to those people to do those things they are doing right now on the other side of the pitch. Right. I love that. Yeah. So, what's next for Kunal Mitch Kankar? The AFC <laughs> Cup qualifier yeah. against Paro FC at Bhutan. <laughs> that was like literally yeah. what's next. Yeah. yeah. No, but it's literally like that. I mean, like I said, I came here seven years ago, uh, even thinking that if this gig doesn't go as planned, I'll always run back to Bombay because I have home in Bombay. Mm-hmm. I, not to sound cocky, but I backed myself enough to know that I could possibly get a job at another newspaper or my mm-hmm. own newspaper. Maybe, maybe not, but I could. So, much of that courage came here, but I mean, seven, seven years. Uh, it's not been difficult at all to say no to other job offers. It's just been the easiest thing ever. So, I've always wake up and I'm just happy to come to the stadium to work again. So, I really, I'm not thinking, I always joke with Chetri because Chetri counts his days and says, listen, maybe another three years from me, four years from me. And I keep telling him that the beauty of my job is that as long as I can type straight, and I can stitch words in my head, I'll have this job. So, there is no what's next for me. I cannot think of life beyond this club, beyond the city, beyond these kind. I love that. That is so nice. I'm going to like give you one big tight hug at the end of this just for that. You know, it's such a beautiful thing to say. Especially like moving away from home and like leaving Bombay behind and having to do that. Absolutely. Yeah. So, closing time. That's a song by Samit Sonic. I just, yeah, I just uh, suddenly thought of that while I said that. Um, so Kunal has the best music recommendations that I've like ever received till date. Oh, he is you. a guru. Let's say that, right? So recommendations brings me to how I like to close this podcast. Um, we have Netflix music book recommendations. I wanted to start an exchange around sustainability and sustainable recommendations because, I mean, the podcast is really sussing it out, right? So what is one sustainable thing that you would recommend to everyone listening? It could be a book, a movie, or even just something as simple as a habit. Okay, this is a tough one, tougher than I thought. Oh. I just think if you don't need it, don't use it. I don't know if I don't know if it amounts to sustainability, but I think it does in a way. Yeah. It does, it definitely does. Yeah. We're just hoarders. Okay, I used to be a hoarder. I still am in a lot of it, but I'm learning to let go mm-hmm. and just not take things around us for granted. Yeah. And I mean with resources. I mean with, with just everything. Just don't take those things for granted. Mm-hmm. If you're bloody lathering yourself up. In the middle of a shah, shut the bloody shah. Simple. Mm-hmm. It's it's just so easy to let the water flow. It's so easy to walk out of a room knowing you're not going to come back for an hour or two, but let the lights remain on, on the fan, keep whirring. Uh, just if you don't need it, do not use it. Simple. A book, yeah, 
I have a book. This is a bit of a tongue twister. I don't know why, but the uninhabitable earth. Yes, it is. I'm not gonna tell you why. This it, it will shake you up. Yeah. I think that's what a book needs to do to you. It needs to, and that is why you need to hold a book. <laughs> and that is why you need to turn a page. And that is why when you turn a page and keep a book down on the table with a small little thud, it needs to, it needs to do something to you. And I think this book does that to you. So you have got to read it. It it will change the way you think. It puts so many things in perspective. Simple everyday things in perspective. And I think if you haven't read it, get your hands on a physical copy. That was lovely. Thank you so much, Kunal, for taking your time out and sitting down with me and having this wonderful chat. I've had so much fun, and I hope you did too. Uh, this left me richer, to be honest with you. This really left me richer, and it's. Definitely going to make me think and rethink about so many things that I do and we do. This club does, and all for the better. So thank you so much, genuinely thank you. Thanks, <laughs> If you've made it to this point of the podcast. I think you deserve a huge round of applause and another virtual hug from me maybe. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this first episode. Please leave any feedback, any comments, any suggestions on all my social media which would be linked wherever I post this. I hope you enjoyed this podcast guys. This is um a process, a learning process for me as you might have already noticed that um the audio that i recorded with kunal was a little bit echoey because we recorded it in a room in bangalore football stadium and the room echo is a very normal thing i'm trying to learn how to get used to that and how to edit that out but i guess it's going to be a whole process of learning right quarantine times and beyond through your cleaning rituals your cooking adventures and or your daily commute when that actually happens until the next time this is sasat out with Radhi Datta.